Let us pray. O Holy Spirit of God, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for thee. Amen. Today's an important day in the, in the life of a number of people in this church. It's an important day for this church, and it's an important day for our uh, whole church, the diocese and the wider church, because uh, we are receiving a number of new members into the Anglican Communion here today. Uh, many of us are reaffirming our baptismal vows, and uh, some others are being confirmed. They are confirming promises made for them uh, at their baptism. Uh, uh, those who were baptized as infants now get a chance to make them mature and grown up and, uh, and thoughtful uh, commitment to those same promises. And uh, those who were uh, baptized perhaps at an older age who've already made those promises for themselves get another whack at it today. And if they're like I am, they keep hoping they'll get it right. Um, a great, a great day for the church. You know, every, uh, every church has some, every Christian church, has some ceremony of, of, uh, of, of membership. It's always baptism for Christians, but, but in every church there's a moment when those baptismal promises become reaffirmed, become confirmed, uh, become their own, and they own them. When I was uh, 16 years old, matter of fact, on my birthday, uh, September the 8th of uh, 1967, is that right? Sometime back then, um, I got my driver's license. And I went to my father uh, and told him I wanted to borrow his car. He had a a brand new, uh, big Oldsmobile 98. You remember those cars? They were, they were boats. First car I ever took Marie Howard out on a date in. Um, the, uh, I needed a good cover for taking the car that night. Some friends of mine were waiting for me, you see. Paul and Dale and, and, and a couple of others, and there may have been a couple of girls involved. I don't even remember at this point. But I told my father not that I was going to go spend the evening with my buddies and do whatever buddies were doing back in 1967 for fun. <laughs> I told him instead that I was going to go to Carter-Finley Stadium at, uh, at, uh, at the University of, at, the, at NC State University and attend the Billy Graham rally that was happening there that night. Pretty good story, huh? And my father gave me kind of a funny look and he said, well, uh, you feel like you're ready to drive the car and all those crowds on a night and it's raining outside, son, and are you sure you should be doing this? And I said, well, well sure, Daddy, I'll, I'll take good care of your car. And he reached in his pocket and he handed me the keys. I got to the car, started the engine, and sat there and reflected on what I had done for just a moment. 
And then I reflected on what my father had done and on his reaction to it. And in a moment, a moment of unusual maturity for me at age 16, I figured out what my father was doing. He was being very Christ-like. He was loving me into doing the right thing. He was loving me out of telling a lie about who I was with and where I was headed with his new car that night. And instead, my father, simply by looking at me and saying, well, all right, son, here are the keys, take good care of the car, had loved me into going to the Billy Graham drive. <laughs> and so I did. And I went to the stadium in pouring rain and uh, thousands of other people shown up there too. And I took my seat and I watched what happened that evening. And it was amazing. You all have seen Billy Graham, at least on television. I've seen him once in person. And he was standing there in the middle of the, foot, of the football field, right on the 50-yard line. Thousands of people in the stands all around him. He's on a little platform, no higher than, than, than the one that we're sitting on up here above the steps. Rain is pouring down on him. There's no canopy over him. Nobody's holding an umbrella. He has on a flimsy little uh, London fog raincoat. You remember those? That's soaked. And he has his floppy Bible open. And rain is pouring on that. And the man is just drenched. Just drenched. And that was the moment when I knew that I never wanted to do that for a living. <laughs> I sat there and I listened to him and I tried to absorb what he was saying and it was directed as much at me as anybody else in the, in the stands that night. It had something to do with what I just learned from my father about how we love others into doing the right thing. Part of the Christian message. We don't condemn them into doing it. We don't chastise them. We don't hand down orders to them. We love them. We love them with the love of Christ so to do the right thing. And there I was. Well, service came to an end, and Billy Graham invited all of those who had been moved by his message and who felt they wanted to commit their lives to Christ to come down and stand in front of him for a prayer. And I watched around me. This was, was a different thing in my experience. I watched around me as, as first two and three and then half a dozen, a dozen, then 20, 30, 40, and finally hundreds, hundreds of people are pouring down stands onto that muddy field to stand in front of the great preacher and have him pray over them. That was confirmation for them. The message they had heard Billy Graham preach that night had touched their hearts, had begun to work in their lives and change them and they came down, stood in front of him, and confirmed that they were Christians and that they wanted Jesus Christ to be the principal figure in their lives from that moment forward. Well, that's what's happening here today. This is, a, this is an altar call, brothers and sisters. This is an altar call. You're being called to say that I love and I promise to follow and obey Jesus Christ and I will do my best 
by his grace and mercy to be obedient to him and to love him and serve him in this church till the day I die. Pretty, pretty important vows that are being made. Pretty important. Life-changing. Life-changing. Well, I, I drove home that night after the Billy Graham rally, and I was a changed person. I'd been changed by the love of my father that night. It took 20 more years, I guess, before it really came home to me that he was a lot smarter than I thought he was. <laughs> he had once been 16 and borrowed his daddy's car, too. And he knew exactly what I was doing when I came to him on my birthday night and told him I wanted to go hear Billy Graham preach. He knew I didn't. But he also knew that I ought to. And afterwards, when I came home, he said, well, how was it? What did, what did Billy Graham have to say? I was able to actually give him a somewhat cogent but brief summary. And he said, and what happened then, son? I said, well, a bunch of people said their lives were changed. And he said, how about yours? I said, yeah, thank you, Daddy. <laughs>